welcome back to the Empowered Finance Podcast with your host, Sid Misra, Certified Financial Planner based out of New Jersey. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode six, How Do I Get to My Number? Uh, If you go back to episode four, we talked about what is your number, right? Figuring out how much you need to live the life you want in retirement. And that includes, <clears throat> and that includes figuring out, you know, what you want, right? Where you want to live? How do you want your life to look? The factors in what you want to do. For some people, it's it's travel, like me. Uh, I know my parents uh, feel the same way. It takes into account inflation, um, medical expenses, taxes, and longevity. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend pausing this one, going back to episode four. What is your number to listen to that to understand better how to figure out your number, right? And this is, uh, these are the questions that pre-retirees have to ask themselves and be able to answer as well, right? If you want to be able to secure your retirement, you need to figure out what your number is. And like in this episode that I'll, I'll be explaining, how do you eventually get to your number once you figure that out? So the first thing that you have to figure out is where you currently are, right? Every journey has a starting point. What is yours, right? And this is sitting down, being honest about your current financial standing, being honest about putting this stuff to paper and and really just trying to figure out, um, you know, what your starting point is, right? Because that's going to help us figure out how to get to where you want to go. So again, I recommend writing this out. It makes it a lot easier to to be real, right? If you're keeping stuff in your head, it gets jumbled around, you forget things. So write it out, make it more real, make it something that you can go back to, to actually see. Um, So to start out with, right, what is your current financial standing? You have to figure out what you own and where, where it's located, right? So your assets are the things that you own, and they include things like your bank accounts, your checking and savings accounts. Um, they include investments that you have, the company benefits that uh, you may be provided a retirement plan like a 401k or a 403b. Uh, maybe it includes a pension. Maybe it includes company equity as well. Uh, other investments could be an IRA, right? An individual retirement account. And that can be a traditional or a Roth. Some people have SEP IRAs. Some people have simple IRAs as well. And then non-retirement accounts. Do you have outside investments? Let's say a brokerage account or you know mutual funds that you may own that are not in retirement accounts. And there are also other investments, other things that you can own. Do you own rental real estate? Do you own a business, right? What is uh, what is your share of that business? How much is that? Um, and, and I would look at the numbers outside of your primary residence. A lot of pre-retirees have to factor that in there. Maybe they'll end up taking equity out of their house to help pay for retirement. But I'd like you to look at your assets excluding your primary residence. Um, Because a lot of times, you know, people retire and they stay in that same place. You're not using it 
to help generate the income or or help you live in retirement. So try to figure out what you own outside of that. On the flip side to what you own is what you owe, your debts. So what do you owe and what is that debt costing you? The interest rate, right? Um, Credit cards, student loans, your mortgage, for example. What is the interest rate that you have on that? How much left uh, is there to pay? Uh, Because those things are going to affect your number. That is where, you know, cash has to go to, money has to go to, you have to pay those off. So you have what you own, what you owe, right? And you're writing this down on on paper to, to take stock of where you are. Can you also count on any other sources of income, right? Um, if you're a pre-retiree age 50 plus, you're going to be getting into the years of starting to plan for Social Security. And I'm going to be releasing a podcast episode that talks about Social Security in depth, the program, how it works, um, what you need to consider when you are thinking about applying or planning to apply, right? When to apply, um, how that affects your benefits, right? If you apply early, does it reduce them? It does. Um, how can you coordinate spousal benefits as well? So social security for a lot of people is another source of income that you can count on. And we want, we want to take stock of that as well. Um, is there, you know, a windfall coming your way, maybe an inheritance, maybe uh, money that you know you're going to be receiving as well. That's going to be used to um, help figure out uh, where you currently stand and and what you're going to be able to use for funding your retirement. So your current standing is going to equal what you own, your assets, what you can count on in the future, things like social security, um, maybe an inheritance, minus what you owe. And that is your current standing. So what you own plus what you can count on in the future minus what you owe. That current standing, I would then take that and subtract it from your number for ideal retirement. So again, episode four of the Empowered Finance podcast, we talked about what your number is. Take your number and minus your current standing from that. And what you're going to get is a gap, right? Where you are and where you want to go. That gap, we have to take a look at that, right? How big is that gap? How much ground do you need to make up or do you need to cover? Because the next job is to bridge that gap, right? You need to get from where you are to where you want to go. And you have to be able to bridge that gap. And the second part about getting to your number is bridging that gap. And what I want people to think about is focus on what you can control. Oftentimes, it's just human nature to just focus on what you can control. And some of the biggest things that I've seen clients, uh, friends, 
focus on what they can control is market performance. You can't control the markets, unfortunately. I can't, unfortunately, right? We have no control over any of that. We have no control over tax rates. Sure, you can uh, vote in, you know, politicians or whatever, but we have no actual say in what the tax rates are and how they're um, assessed, right? And we really even can't control our employment. A lot of people get forced into early retirement. Um, You're not able to guarantee your position, but it is important to just monitor these things, right? They're not in your control. Monitor them, but don't get caught up in them, right? Plan for them, but don't be paralyzed by them. So focus on what you actually can control. It's going to empower you. It's going to give you um, a sense of control, really, uh, that I can do this. These are the things that uh, I'm able to focus on that I'm seeing a real impact on. And so what can you control? The first one is, to a certain degree, your savings rate, right? Um, You know, a lot of people, if you really take stock of what you're spending, uh, where your money is going, there are things that you can cut out that you're not using, things that you're spending too much money on that you don't need to be spending that much money on. If you're 50 plus, you're a pre-retiree, it is very worth it to sit down and take stock of your expenses. Are there things that you can get rid of to help boost your retirement savings, right? Um, And if you have this extra cash, you know, let's say, for example, uh, you know, putting more towards your company retirement plan, your 401k, for example, if you're over the age of 50, you can do an extra $6,500 for your 401k, right? So imagine having the extra cash to put to work to do that. The government's allowing you on top of what the 401k contribution limits are, right? 19500 you can do an extra 6500 if you're over the age of 50 or you're 50 plus. You can do an extra $1,000 into an IRA if you're 50 plus. So think about ways that you can beef up your spending and cut out more expenses. And, and let's say that you, you've got your savings rate to where it needs to be. And you're ready to put that money to work. You know, where should your extra savings be going? That is important as well. Um, it's not just about kind of throwing as much money at this as possible. It's about being efficient with how you're doing it and where you're doing it. Okay. Um, so asset location is going to be something that you're going to want to consider. Where are my assets being held? What type of accounts are they pre, uh, you know, pre-tax accounts, post-tax accounts, Roth accounts, Can the assets that I hold within these accounts be held in a more advantageous location? Is there a more efficient way for me to bridge the gap, right? And so um, we talked about investment accounts. You can talk about your company retirement plan. If we're maxing this out, take a look. Is there a Roth 401k option, right? A lot of times people are not able to do Roth IRAs because their income exceeds the limits. 
but a Roth 401k doesn't have those limits. You can put in the 19.5 if you want to, right? You can give up the immediate tax benefit now to have that tax benefit later on. Uh, and the number itself is much higher than 19.5 versus 7,000 uh, if you're 50 plus putting it into a Roth IRA. Okay, so take a look and see, you know, if you're putting in extra money to your 401k, can it go to a Roth? Figure out if, if that is advantageous to you. Outside of that, right, you have pre-tax versus after-tax versus Roth. Um, you know, IRAs versus after-tax brokerage accounts and mutual funds versus a Roth account. Can you put, let's say, uh, assets like a bond that are giving income paying out income, can you put those income-producing assets in, let's say, a pre-tax account so that you're not hit with a tax burden every single year? It's a little bit more advantageous to you, a little bit more efficient for you. Can you avoid doubling up on a tax shelter, right? In an IRA, you have a tax shelter effectively allowing you to defer taxes. It doesn't make sense to put, let's say, a municipal bond in that type of account, right? A municipal bond, the income is tax-free. And so you're paying an extra cost. You get a lower yield for those things, but you're putting it into an account that's not giving you an extra advantage. A, mun a municipal bond, for example, should probably go into an after-tax account, right? So figuring out the different locations of your assets can help you efficiently get to your number. And I just want to go over the power of a Roth IRA real quick. Um, you know, you're not getting a, an immediate tax benefit right now if you're doing a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA, but you are giving yourself that benefit later on in the form of the entire account being 100% tax-free after the age of 59 and a half, Right? Whereas a traditional IRA or traditional 401k, you're getting an immediate tax benefit, but that entire account will be taxable uh, later on in life. With the way spending is in the government, the way deficits are, are running right now, I don't see a scenario where taxes are going to be lower in the future. They're most likely going to go higher. And so if you can utilize a Roth IRA... That is going to be more advantageous to you, more efficient to you. Imagine having, you know, a million-dollar traditional IRA or a 401k versus a million-dollar Roth 401k. One of them is 100% taxable. One of them is 100% tax-free. Which one would you rather have in retirement? And so start thinking about these things, right? Can you contribute it in your 401k? Is there a Roth option? Can you possibly do a conversion, right, during this time um, that you're, you're putting money away, you're a pre-retiree, you're 50-plus, you're getting ready for retirement? Can you start converting a portion of your, uh, your taxable retirement, your, your uh, qualified uh, accounts, uh, traditional IRA accounts or traditional uh, 401ks? Can you convert that, right? Can you use a backdoor strategy, uh, these are things that you're going to want to consider to make it more efficient reaching your number. 
Another part of asset location is using certain products to help you achieve your desired outcome. Um, are you able to use a product that can help you guarantee a portion of your income? Can you create, in essence, your own pension, right, to protect not only your own income, but the income of your spouse, um, your survivor, right, the, the person that's surviving after you? There are products out there like annuities, and I know annuities get this bad rap. It's a, a bad word. You know, Susie Orman goes nuts when she hears about annuities. The truth is they have a place, right? In your toolbox, there are certain tools that are there and that you use for certain jobs, and annuity is one of them. And they are specific to certain people, specific to certain situations. They can have their place um, within, you know, your retirement plan, your financial plan to help guarantee a portion of your income. So that is another location that you may be able to utilize to help you better and more efficiently get to your number. Another part about getting to your number, we talked about asset location. Let's talk about something that people are more familiar with, asset allocation. So once you've gotten the money into the accounts that you want to, right? You've figured out, okay, I'm going to use, um, you know, pre-tax here, Roth here, this and that, right? How is your portfolio built based on your goals and risk tolerance? That is what asset allocation is trying to figure out. What is the mix of stocks versus bonds, right? Um, stocks being historically much more volatile, um, much more risky, but paying and giving higher returns versus bonds, which are usually a safer um, option. They don't pay out uh, as high returns as stocks, but they are a less risky option, right? So what is the mix of um, risky versus less risky assets? Are you diversified with your asset allocation? Are you going all in on one particular company, one particular sector, you know, 2020 was a great example. Um, all these tech stocks just crushed it in 2020 because everyone was home. We were online. Zoom did so well, you know, for example, right? So all these companies who are tech-based, web-based did very, very well. They did take a hit earlier this year because, you know, we're transitioning out of that closed economy. We're normalizing, right? And so, if you've only kept your money in certain areas and certain stocks and certain investments, there is a higher likelihood that, you know, the, a loss could affect you higher, right? A loss could affect you more. You want to keep your eggs spread out among different baskets so that when, you know, market cycles happen, you're able to generate some returns and not just have, you know, maybe a huge loss because you've only invested in one area. Um, and I would go even further too. you know, what are the different management styles that uh, your investments are, are using? Mutual funds, for example, you can have active versus passive active where, you know, the mutual fund manager is getting in and out of positions to take advantage of differences. You can have passive where it's more of a buy and hold. Um, you know, are you focusing on international versus domestic um, are you focusing on different sectors? These are all different things that you want to focus on when you're talking about asset allocation. 
And again, this all helps with efficiently getting to your number. Um, this it's it's hard. It's hard to figure out your number. It's hard to figure out where you are, and then to formulate formulate a plan and actually get there. I'm trying to help you make it as easy on yourself as possible, right? Efficiency is key. There's no point in working harder than you need to. There's no point in doing more than you need to, because this is hard enough. This is this is difficult enough, right? Um, and so efficiency is going to be key and coming up with a plan is going to be key. You can't wing this. You have to have a plan on how you attack this. So again, getting to your number requires you to figure out your current financial standing and be honest about this. It's only going to help you if you're honest about where you currently are, what you have to do to bridge the gap. Um, and that gap is standing between you and your number, right? So where you figured out where you are, you figured out your number, how do you bridge that gap? How do you do it efficiently? Um, can you increase, ex- uh, excuse me, decrease expenses, increase saving? Can you focus on asset location to make it efficient? Can you focus on, focus on asset allocation to make it efficient as well? Um, and again, this is hard. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. I just want to give one last main point before I close up this episode. This is, you know, once you've formulated your plan, right, you figured out your number, you figured out where you are, and and now you've figured out, you know, okay, I have to bridge my gap. I figured out the savings rate, asset location, asset allocation, all of that. It is important to remember that this is not a set it and forget it type thing. You need to be constantly monitoring what you're doing. You need to be constantly monitoring your progress over time to make sure you're on track, right? And this is where working with a professional can help. Regular reviews with that third party who's independent, who's looking out for your best interest. Regular reviews on a set time frame. Um, Reviews for certain life events like a birth or death or marriage. Again, it's not set it and forget it. And I want to leave you with uh, this kind of story. It's not a story, but it's um, what pilots uh, in aviation call um, the uh, – it's – kind of a phenomenon when for in, in aviation for pilots um, for being one degree off course, right? You think one degree off course, um, it's, it's only one degree, right? It's not going to be a big deal. But for, in pilot, for aviation, for, for, for pilots, every 60 miles that you travel one degree off course, you miss your target destination by one mile. So if an airplane traveled one degree off course, 60 miles, it would miss its target destination by a full mile. Imagine you going a degree off course for 120 miles. That means you miss your target destination by two miles, right? The longer that you travel off course, even by a small amount, the farther away you're going to be from your destination. So constant monitoring is going to be key. It's an evolving process. Things change the constraints change, life changes. We need to make sure 
that we're not setting it and forgetting it, that we're constantly looking at it, reassessing, making sure that we're right on track. So again, this is episode uh, six of the podcast where we're talking about how to get to your number. Episode four talked about your number. This is the next uh, uh, step for pre-retirees, the next question that they need to be answering. Um, The last question in this series for pre-retirees, so the first question is, what is your number? The second question is, how do you get there, right? What we talked about in this episode. The third question is, once you get to your number and you've gotten to where you need to be, right, again, it's not over. Because once you're retired, once you're living that life, how do you ensure that you don't run out of money? That is the third question, just as important as the first two. You want to retire once, stay retired, and and live the life you want to. And so that'll be um, one of the follow-up episodes that we do in the podcast, How Do I Make It Last? Uh, I appreciate everyone tuning in to the Empowered Finance Podcast. Uh, Let me know if you have any topics that you'd like to hear me discuss. Um, And I appreciate the support. Thank you so much and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Take care. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual.